Hey everybody, welcome back to Evolved Athletics Radio. My name's Jim Young and this is episode 21. Uh, I've been gone for a little bit, but I've actually been working on a project that uh, I can't wait to share with you guys, so stay tuned. As promised, <laughs> I don't know about promised, but as I mentioned, I've been working on a project for the last couple of weeks, and I do uh, quite a bit on LinkedIn, uh, probably more so than Facebook. I, I, I don't, I mean, I spend time on Facebook, but probably not like everybody else does. I do a little bit of scrolling, I talk to a couple of friends, and that's probably about it when it comes to Facebook. However, LinkedIn is where I do a lot of my uh, connections and reaching out and uh, sometimes I use that platform to uh, try to connect with potential clients, coaching clients. And well, I got to be honest, probably the last couple of months, that's where most of my coaching clients have come from. So, But in any case, what I've done is I put together a short survey, a short quiz. It's uh, 10 questions long, and I started sending it out to a lot of my LinkedIn connections. You know, and, and let, me, let me read some of these uh, questions off. So the first one is, you can never get too much exercise. All right, I'm just going to go through all of these questions. Let me get to the screen. All right, first question, you can never get too much exercise. Uh, so... This one's kind of weird because it's kind of one of those statements where it depends, right? But generally speaking, there is there really is a way to get too much exercise, right? There's a dose-dependent relationship when it comes to exercising your particular goal that you're shooting for. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, you you can actually get too much exercise. And 20% of the quiz takers actually got that wrong. So, but 80% got it right. So that was, that made me feel pretty good. So let's, let's go on to the next one. Physical activity can help with, and then I listed off getting better sleep, keeping bones strong, help with mood, staying at a healthier weight, and then all of the above. So this one, as I expected, 96% of the quiz takers got that right. So uh, number three was physical activity and exercise are the same thing. We tend to use these two terms synonymously with each other, and they really don't mean the same thing. And the easiest way to think about these two terms is exercise is a planned activity with the intent to improve your health, okay? Physical activity, on the other hand, is not the same. Physical activity is everything else that doesn't fit into exercise, the definition of exercise, so what's neat is 83.1% actually got this right, and that was good. Um, they are not the same thing. Otherwise, we would call them the same thing. Uh, so 16.9% actually got that question wrong. Uh, question number four, you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. This one I expected to find exactly what what I found. <laughs> so you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. The answer is true, right? This is a, this was a true or false question. 55.1% said false. So 
altogether we had, or I had, 225 quiz takers. And 124 of them said you did not need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. That made my brain twitch and my skin crawl and it kind of made me sweat a little bit. Uh, The reason I kind of expected this particular outcome is every day we're bombarded with you know, these new health fads and these tricks and tips and, you know, how to cut corners and biohack your body and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, when we boil basic principles down, you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. There is no other way to cut this. There just isn't. So... (laughs) So I was quite happy that 44.9% actually got this question right. Uh, I did have a few of these individuals uh, email me back and say, question number four is wrong. And I sent them back about five or six different articles uh, posting why they were, you know, or suggesting why they were wrong, not suggesting, pointing out why they were wrong. And a, a handful of them, uh, responded back that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So that was that was unexpected, but that's not surprising, to be honest. Uh, number five, so this was a quotations, no pain, no gain is a good motto for the gym. <laughs> so this is kind of a weird question, but I kind of wanted to see where, where it would go. Uh, you know, obviously this is false. If you're in pain, uh, that's not good. You don't want to ever be in pain when you're in the gym. Uh, So it it was good to see that 82.2% actually got that question right. Although it made me wonder about the other, you know, 17.8% or 40 people that said that, you know, that's a true motto. (laughs) Made me wonder about them. But uh, number six, your body mass index or BMI can tell you body fat percentage, how many calories you should eat, risk of developing a cardiovascular or metabolic disease, none of the above, or all of the above. So for those of us that have exercise science degrees or have advanced degrees in physiology and sports medicine, this might seem like a weird question. And this quiz really isn't designed to target exercise science students or, you know, individuals with advanced degrees in, you know, exercise science, physiology, sports medicine. So to the general public, what they really need to know about BMI is that the only thing it really does out of what I've read is it can tell you the potential risk of developing a cardiovascular disease or metabolic disease. So Kind of unsurprisingly, uh, I found that 43.1% of the people that took the quiz, uh, came out to be about 97 people, said that it could tell you all of the above. And body mass index essentially takes your weight and your height into account, and then it gives it spits out a number, right? And then that number is scaled, and, and I'm sure everybody has, at some point or another has seen these BMI charts, um, but it really can't tell you body fat percentage. It certainly can't tell you how many calories you should eat, um, but it does give you an idea of risk of developing, you know, those diseases. And a lot of these are correlative studies. They're not really causative studies. 
so let me explain that a, a little bit differently. Uh, correlation essentially means just a mutual relationship or connection between two or more things. So a correlation, when we talk in terms of research, correlate, correlative studies really aren't as strong as causative studies. And that simply means the action of causing something. So if I take a caffeine pill, for instance, I know the reaction I'm going to get, right? Because it's a stimulant. If I take caffeine, I'm going to feel an increase in energy and I may, I may be less drowsy and that kind of thing. So, you know, causative studies are typically what we want to see more of because they give us a direct link between you know, two points. They tell us exactly what what happens between cause and effect. So so with BMI, what we're looking at is BMI, most of the studies that we see with BMI is that they give us a correlation between a high BMI, right, which is the uh, height and weight equation, and the prevalence of cardiovascular and metabolic disease, right? So that's about the only thing that it shows. So I, I was I was uh, not surprised to see a huge uh, variable, not variables, but uh, the outcome that we got with or that I got with number six. Uh, number seven, wow, I'm really stumbling over myself today. Uh, number seven was what is most important when trying to lose weight? So I purposely, I purposely put this right after uh, number six, right, about how many calories you should eat, or I mean, body mass index and whether or not it could tell you how many calories you should eat, and being right after you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, because I wanted to see how many people were going to get this right after seeing the answer from uh, number six. I mean, number uh, four. Uh, and number four was you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. So number seven was what is most important when trying to lose weight? So 55.1% chose the correct answer, which was calories consumed. The other options were amount of exercise done, getting eight hours of sleep every night, uh, taking a weight loss supplement, which nobody picked that as an answer, thank goodness. My head would have popped if uh, that would have happened. Uh, another choice was how much water you drink per day. And lastly was how many carbs you're eating per meal. Uh, and surprisingly, uh, 27 people or 12% uh, actually picked how many carbs you're eating per meal as an answer. And again, that's not really surprising. I'm glad that number's a lot lower than, uh, than, than what it could have been, right? Because we... I'm sure we're all inundated at some point or another about carbs being evil and them making us fat, which most of us know is, you know, hog shit. Uh, number eight was sweating is a good indicator of a hard workout. So I debated really hard on putting this in there as a question. And I I really wanted to do it only to kind of see where people's mentality is as it pertains to sweating. So let me state this first. All sweating is, is a way for our bodies to thermoregulate itself. That is it. That's it. Okay? So sweating is a good indicator of a hard workout. This was a true or false question. Obviously, this is false. However, 
116 of the quiz takers chose true. So 51.6, over half of the quiz takers thought that sweating was a good indicator of a hard workout. Now, <laughs> I did have one of the quiz takers sneak through that was an exercise or that is an exercise science student and I'll give her props uh we went back back and back or uh, back and forth for quite a while about whether or not this was a you know true or false statement and in the end she conceded and I after providing well, probably eight or nine different references uh she finally conceded and understand that it was a a false statement but it was definitely a fun conversation with her. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. So, you know, kudos to her. I won't name her. Um, but in any case, uh, number nine, eating at night makes you fat. Again, true or false statement, 140 people or 62.2% uh, chose false because we know that that's false. At the end of the day, it's the amount of calories that you've consumed rather than timing. Um, but, you know, 85 people or 37.8% said that was true. So not sure where that comes from, but it's it's there nevertheless. Uh, number 10. So this was the last question. Uh, this one is kind of concerning to me. Uh, but number 10, again, this is a true or false question. Under normal conditions, too much protein can be hard on your kidneys. Okay. 168 of those 225 quiz takers, so 74.7%, said that was true. Only 57 people, or 25.3%, actually got that right. So under normal conditions... Protein is not harmful on your kidneys. There is no research to indicate this to be true. Okay? I got to say this again. Under normal conditions, there is no research that indicates that protein is hard on, or too much protein is hard on your kidneys. And again, this is kind of a weird question. Because we all identify too much protein a little bit differently. However, um, just the the sheer fact of adding too much, even though we define that differently, right? The layperson is still gonna identify protein or um, too much protein as like uh, protein shakes and things like this. You know, they tend to ad- identify categories of food. But but even then, if we look at protein shakes. Even if you add two scoops of a typical protein powder, you're still only getting between 25 and 30 grams of protein, even with two scoops. I mean, uh, you know, between 50 and 60 grams of protein per two scoops. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, even then, 60 grams of protein, that's not a huge amount of protein, right? Now, three, 400 grams of protein, if you're not weighing that much, right, that's going to be quite a bit of protein. So, so again, for... A lot of these questions, I mean, all of these questions, really, these are lay lay people questions, right? This isn't really for the um, individual that's going through an exercise science class or, you know, that already has a degree in this particular field or is a dietitian or anything like that. You know, these, these questions are really geared 
Um, again, for, for me, it was to get a general idea of how lay people viewed um, certain health and fitness topics and questions. And it was just, it, this has been really kind of eye-opening for me um, all around um, in the Again, the biggest thing that I found out of this is a lot of the misconceptions that kind of rotate around protein. And so what I'm doing with this now, uh, a lot of people ask me, because when I send out the questionnaire to my LinkedIn contacts, what I'll say is, hey, I'm working on a couple of projects and I'm collecting some data. I wonder if you could help me out with this. And again, I've I've had a, a fairly good turnout. I think probably eight or nine percent of the contacts that I have uh, have responded. I, I can't remember how many people I actually sent this this out to, but nevertheless, I've gotten a pretty good response. And and I think I've gotten, in terms of lay people, a pretty good uh, age range, uh, both male and female. Um, I'm surprised I haven't got as many responses in terms of some of these questions as I've gotten. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's kind of the name of the game. Some people don't want to follow up. Um, but what I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to post some of these stats uh, on my website at some point. Um, they will probably change, so I'll, I'll make sure to try to date uh, the, the data when I post it. Um, I will continue sending these. Uh, quiz links out to a lot of my LinkedIn contacts uh, because I think this is useful data, not just for me, but I think for other people too. Um, so in any case, that's all I have for today. I just want to uh, keep you guys abreast on you know what I've been dipping my fingers into lately. Uh, I should have another podcast out or another episode out probably next Friday. And my goal is to have some interviews lined up. Uh, that's been uh, taking a little bit more time than I thought it was going to, but still chipping away at it. So, all right, everybody, thanks again for listening to the end. This was kind of a longer one today. Uh, next week will be a little bit shorter. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody, before I close out this episode, I just, again, want to say thank you for listening to these episodes. I really appreciate your patronage. And uh, before you go, if I could have you do one favor, uh, take a look at the description of this particular episode, actually every episode, and what you'll find is a link to a Facebook group that I've started called Evolved Athletics Community. And what I want you to do is go ahead and click on that link and go ahead and join the Evolved Athletics Community. Uh, one of the things I'm going to be doing is uh, taking all the content that I've put together and slowly start to add it into that uh, Facebook group. And I'm going to start closing down some of the other sites. So, for instance, the Patreon page that I started about four or five weeks ago, I'm, I'm shutting that down. And uh, I also had a course site that I've been building out. I'm going to be shutting that down. And the content that I would have put on either of those sites is going to be located right in the Facebook group. So uh, Facebook has this new option to create units within Facebook groups depending on how you set up you know, the group. And one of the reasons that I'm doing this is I got an awful lot of feedback that said, uh, Jim, you're, you're starting to spread out your material again in too many different places. The podcast is nice. The emails we get are nice. But with the course site and with Patreon and the podcast and the blogs and you know all this other stuff that I'm putting together, 
it, it was it sounded like it was be, becoming too much and people didn't want to jump around to all of these different platforms. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start using um, as few platforms as possible. So obviously Facebook is going to be one of those uh, podcasting. I'm always going to be podcasting. Uh, so there's there's nothing that at this point is really going to deter me from doing that. I like doing it. I like talking. Uh, at some point, maybe I'll start doing uh, a little bit of video. But nevertheless, what I'm going to be doing is really uh, consolidating all of that content that I've put together. Uh, even some of the blog posts, I'll start to put directly into Facebook now. And hopefully this helps. Um, so that way we can get people uh, into one area and maybe start to discuss some of the content that's provided. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is people tend to do better when they have social supports. And I think it's one of the reasons why Facebook groups are so popular because people are able to join them and and get that support that they're looking for. So uh, again, just take a, a couple of seconds and uh, check out the description of the podcast, look for the Facebook link, and go ahead and join, and I'll see you inside. Again, thanks everybody for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you soon.